If you would, let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. Praise God. Uh, one of our leaders, our associate pastor, our director of Fresh Start, Mr. Clay Russell, letting that river of life in him flow as he's preaching at Cornerstone over there in uh, Vidalia. Uh, praise God. We have uh, lots of raised up lots of people and leaders who share the word all over. You saw Matt in his African shirt. Praise God. He's just returning from northern Uganda. Went there through our contact, John Wandera, and some of his folks there. They went into one of the largest refugee camps in the world. Uh, a camp from folks fleeing Sudan over the last several years. A camp of over 300,000 people. That's just, just a wide, vast area of desert. The government opened up for them and they've been coming in. They've made uh, several villages in that camp. And praise God, he was able to take some equipment and the Jesus film. How many of you know that the Jesus film put out in the 70s have been produced in over 100 languages? They took it and they took the, the media and the screen and showed the Jesus film in the language of the people. They haven't had an event like that in many years Thousands came, watched the Jesus film. Matt in the middle got up, preached a five-minute message, and thousands gave their life to Jesus Christ. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's just the joy, praise God, that the body of Christ, you know, it's, it's a jointly fit body. He connects leaders and around the world, and we have different gifts and abilities, and when we put it together, Jesus is glorified, and when Jesus is glorified, people see him. Amen? They see Christ glorified, the risen Savior, and they're drawn to him. And man, it's happening all over the world. I want to get into a message this morning titled, The Holy Spirit. I want to talk about Pentecost. Do you know that next week, next week is celebrating the Feast of Shavuot, or the, we call it the Feast of Weeks, otherwise known in a Christian church as Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. It represents, remember, uh, in the Old Testament, God gave uh, His people, the Jewish nation, the Israelites, seven feasts in which they are to participate in, and one of those was the Feast of Weeks. And just real simply summarized form, what he said was, I want you from the day of first fruits, from the feast of first fruits, when you bring in the barley harvest and you give your best, your first to the Lord, as the Lord accepts the sacrifice and fire comes down and consumes it from the altar in the temple in Jerusalem, then God accepts what you have given, so he's going to bless the rest of your harvest. Amen? On that very day of first fruits, Jesus Christ, Easter Sunday, rose from the dead. He, the Bible calls, is the first fruit of all mankind. So, praise the Lord, the, the sinless sacrifice, the Lamb of God, gave himself as a sacrifice for all of us. And when God accepted what he has done and exalted him, praise the Lord, then God blesses the rest of the harvest. You are part of the harvest of the world that Jesus secured by his resurrection. Amen? Hallelujah. So, he says to count off uh, seven weeks. I want you to count seven weeks from this day. Seven weeks, seven sevens, seven uh, times seven, 49 days. And on the next day, I want you to celebrate the Feast of Weeks. So every year for thousands of years, they came uh, from all over the world to the temple in Jerusalem to celebrate. And they were celebrating the giving of the law uh, on Mount Sinai. Well, praise God, God always has a reason for all everything he did in the Old Testament. It's so cool when you start learning about this and how it all relates together. It unfolds a beautiful picture to see Christ. Well, he's all about, it's all about Shavuot or all about the day of Pentecost. On that very day, as the Jews were gathered around, God fulfilled the feast of Pentecost and poured out the spirit of the living God, hallelujah, on the church, and we celebrate it as the birth of the church. That's the day Peter rose up and got up and began to preach with the power of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people got saved that day. 
Remember, we taught and we, were, we, we learned that in the Old Testament, when the law came, 3,000 people died. When the new covenant of grace, the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 people were made to life. Okay? So that's, the, that's the, the purpose of going and preaching to pastors. We tell them and teach them. Uh, uh, Corinthians 3, 16. Corinthians 3, 6, it says, You are ministers of the new covenant, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Amen? So, on that day, so coming up next week is about 50 days from Easter, so we're celebrating the Feast of Weeks. I want to start talking about the Holy Spirit today, because I just can't contain myself. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Glory to God. So, we're going we're gonna to start with a little foundation. Go with me to Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples... Who do people say the Son of Man is? I love to share this story with many new folks coming in. You know, we call the message, Who do you say that I am, is um, the most important question. They replied, Some say you're John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah. One of the prophets, people talking about him all over the world. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say that I am? See, it has to become personal. Who is Jesus to you? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now watch this. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed by man, but by my father in heaven. And then he says this, and I tell you that you are Peter, no longer Simon. I'm going to call you Cephas in Greek or Peter means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. We just sang a song about that. No matter what the devil does, hey, he can't overcome the power of the church. I want to tell you that you are part of this new covenant living body, the church of the living God that Jesus purchased with his blood, filled with his spirit. And we're traveling and taking this word all around the world. We're connected with the body of Christ around the world. And hell tries to come against it in very many forms. But the gates of hell, the powers of hell, will not prevail against the church. Upon this rock, what rock? The rock that Peter confessed, Jesus, you are the Lord. That you are the Lord on this rock is going to be the cornerstone. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. The rock, Jesus is Lord, and he's building his temple, his church, his body, out of living stones, you and I, and filling this house with his glory. So he's the cornerstone, and upon this rock that we believe and confess, Jesus is Lord. Amen? I'm just building a little foundation for where I want to go. Everybody with me? We understand the cornerstone of the body of Christ, the church. He said the gates of hell will not overcome. And then he says this, verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Okay? You who believe that Jesus died and rose again on this rock, that he's our Lord and Savior, he's the cornerstone. On this rock, we who believe he's given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples, hey, don't tell anyone I'm the Christ yet. I'm going to reveal that to more of them later. He's revealed it to us. So he's given us who believe and we're built up into his house for his presence to dwell. He's given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And there's power and authority in what we do and what we say. Because the risen Savior lives in us. Okay? Let's take this, praise God, a little farther now. Hallelujah. So, just on a review, on what basis, how do we become members of this life-given body of Christ, the church of the living God around the world? How are we accepted into his family? How do we become members you know, in the, in the Old Testament, God made that covenant with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the family, and you were born into the people of God, praise God, and you were born in the bloodline into the people of God by your father Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you're born into it, and then God sealed you, there was a sign of the covenant, the sign, praise God, that you were in that family was circumcision, okay? 
Everybody say circumcision. circumcision. Praise God, I said that once when I was preaching in another church, and little Kent boy said circumcision real loud. Well, he was only one year old now, so praise the Lord. All right, so that's the sign of the covenant of the old covenant that they were into and they were sealed. Now let's look at Ephesians. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. And just look with me at verse 13. It says in you, everybody say that's me. We're talking about those who believe in here. I know there's some maybe come visiting, maybe some are new who, you know, are just, you know, getting to hear some of this and you not yet believe. We're not talking about you yet until you do believe, okay? We're giving you the opportunity to become part of the family of God. And you also were included in Christ when? When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit. So in the Old Covenant, the seal or the sign that you were a part of the family of God was circumcision. In the New Covenant, praise God, the seal or the sign is having received the Holy Spirit that God poured out for all who believe. That's the seal. He lives in us, the Spirit of the living God. So you, praise God, are included. How are you included? Praise God. When you heard the word, faith comes by hearing. We're proclaiming this truth every day, hallelujah. What, what word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. The simple gospel that Jesus was born of a virgin. He, became, he was a son of man, but also the son of God. He lived a sinless life. He bled and died on the cross for the sins of the world, and then he rose again. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you believe that, hallelujah, you were made a part of the family and you were sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, a seal, a sign of the covenant, amen, that you were God's possession, part of him, uh, included in the body of Christ, amen? So this gospel, we recognize, one, to receive it, first we recognize all have sinned and come short. So to receive the gospel, the good news, we first recognize we're a sinner, that we need him, praise God. Then we recognize God sent him to bridge the gap, to die for us that we can be right with him. He died for all without the shedding of blood. There is no remission of sin. When we believe that and that he rose again, we receive it. Romans 10, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, just flip with me there. A very familiar verse. I want you all to see it again. Romans 10, he says in verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? Can I get an amen on that gospel? Okay? If you confess with your mouth. In other words, I've heard the gospel. I recognize... Hey, I've done it my way a long time. I've tried to get this thing right. I've done a dozen rehabs. I'm trying to live my own life my way. I recognize my way's not working. Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner and the penalty of sin is death. I need you. I believe Jesus. You died for my sin. You bled and died and you, you died on the cross. You were buried and you rose again and I need you to be my savior. Amen. So I'm confessing you to be my Lord. Instead of me being my Lord anymore, the ruler of my life, okay, I want, I've messed it up. I'm a sinner. I'm on the way to hell. I recognize you're the only one that did right, and I want to receive what you did. Lord Jesus, you be the Lord of my life. You see, he's not your Savior unless he's your Lord, okay? So you confess Jesus as Lord. You confess it with your mouth. You proclaim it. You're not ashamed of him. You tell your neighbor, your brother, your sister. You tell your boss. You tell other. hey, Jesus is my Lord now. I don't live that way anymore. Jesus is my Lord. Okay? So you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? Okay? So you will. So it's all based, the merit is based on what he has done. All you have to do is to believe it. So your part in it is to believe what he has done. Praise God. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Verse 10. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and you're justified. You're justified by believing and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Glory to God. So that again is foundational. We know this. We understand this. But I'm taking you somewhere with it. So stay with me, praise God. So, because Jesus died on the cross, amen, I have received forgiveness of my sin, and I have received, because he was buried, my old nature was buried with him. We understand that? Amen? But now, praise God, because Jesus rose from the dead, I have received new life and eternal life. So we recognize, we identify with his death, with his burial, and now we're dead to our old self, the old way of living. And we also identify with his resurrection, and because he rose, we have eternal life. Amen? All Christians who've been in church for any time at all understand this concept and believe it, amen? Even though sometimes they have struggle experiencing what they said they believe. Okay, and I'll show you the difference of how to experience what you believe. Okay, so, so they believe it, and we, it's the foundational truth for all of Christianity. Now, praise God. So we're basing our salvation on nothing we have done, but all of it is on the finished work of Christ. You can't save yourself. All you can do is recognize that, hey, I can't do it. Jesus, I need you. And based on what he has done, when you receive it, you're saved on his merit and not yours. Amen? Well, let's take that to the next step. Let's talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Now, watch this. Go with me to John chapter 14. John 14. And praise God, I'm doing good with time. I'm only in the introduction. And we've got lots to share. John 14. Okay? Here, Jesus has gathered his disciples and he's getting them ready to understand that he's going to die on the cross and rise again. And he's getting them ready for what's next, even though they can't hardly fathom it with their mind. They don't understand what he's trying to tell them. But in John um, 14, praise God, verse, we'll look at verse, starting in verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command, okay? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Everybody say the counselor. Here, Jesus is introducing to his close-knit group of disciples the third person of the Godhead, the third person of the triune God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and he's beginning to show them God the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, okay? The counselor, you know, he, he calls him and says, hey, you love me and obey me, I will send you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Then he says this, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. Folks, you know, we shouldn't be surprised when the world can't understand, or those who aren't saved yet, who haven't experienced Christ, who haven't been justified and made right into the family of God, that they don't get it like we do. That they don't understand some of the things we talk about. Don't be surprised at that. They can't understand it. Amen? You can sow the word to their spirit, and as God begins to draw them, and God knows their future, they'll start understanding. But many who have rejected and continue to reject him can't get it at all. It's like talking to a wall, man. They've, they're not open yet. They haven't received. So you just keep laying that seed. You just keep plowing, and maybe one day they will. But who's to say? I don't know if that person has rejected Christ for his last time. We don't know that. We just keep reaching out to them. Amen? But uh, he, the Lord says, my spirit will not always strive with man. At some point, there comes in time when everybody who was entering the ark entered, and then God closed the door. Okay? That's why he says, hey, you, you need to come when he's calling you and talking to you. Amen? 
Praise God. You don't want to be that one who continues to reject and reject and reject. And hey, finally, hey, he's not, your, your time's done. You know, God's reaching out to each and every one. And we don't know who's going to receive and who's not. So we just keep re reaching out with the love of God. Reaching out. But the world doesn't understand the things that are of the Spirit. Okay? So he's saying, if you love me, you'll obey me, and I will send you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Watch this. For he lives with you, he's talking to his disciples, and will be in you. Everybody say, in you. You know, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't live in anyone. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And you know, it's only a few. If we read through the Old Testament, praise God, the Holy Spirit came upon prophets and kings and judges. Amen? Came upon them and strengthened them to proclaim His Word or to do His work or to rise up and defeat the enemy. But He didn't live in them. Why? Because there was a sinner and had a sin nature and holy God couldn't live inside a sinner. But God so loved us that he wanted to fix the problem once and for all. Amen? So he sent his son. So praise God. Now he's saying the Holy Spirit is with you, but will be in you. Praise God. Coming to be in you. John 16. Let's look at that. John 16, verse... Let's go to... Um, Verse 7, he says here, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Jesus telling his disciples, I'm going away. They don't understand. They're saying it's good that I go away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. It's all important to Jesus that he gets his people ready to receive the one who's coming. Amen? Amen. The one who's coming, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, who's going to lead us into all truth. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of guilt, in regard to sin and judgment. Who does he convict of sin? The world, not the Christian. So many Christians are taught that the Holy Spirit's there to always convict you of sin. It's not true. The Holy Spirit's there to convict the world of sin because they have rejected the answer to their sin. And he's trying to, the Holy Spirit wants to show them their sin so they can see their need for a Savior. Understand? So the Holy Spirit, you know, shows the sin to the sinner so that we can finally realize, I need a Savior. Amen? The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, of guilt, regarding sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men, men do not believe in me. So they're still under their sin. They're still bound by it. They're still separated from God. So the Holy Spirit is there to convict them of their sin that they would cry out to be saved from it. Okay? Because men do not believe. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father. Jesus lived the perfect life. Praise God. So he was exalted, went to the Father. And because he was, hallelujah, now we who believe in him can be made righteous. So he convicts, the Holy Spirit is always convincing me, convincing us of our righteousness in him. Always reminding us of who we are in him. That we've been forgiven by the blood and now we've crossed over to the promised land and this is who we are. So the Spirit of the Lord, if you're listening to him and you're following him, he'll start showing you who you are in Christ. If one's always pointing out your sin, that's not the Holy Spirit, that's the devil. Amen? Amen? The, the accuser of the brethren is always looking at your sin and your faults. The Holy Spirit is showing you the righteousness of Christ. Wow, that'll take a load off if you can just receive it. Okay, the truth will set you free from guilt and shame. Amen? In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The judgment, the wrath of coming to the prince of the world and all those that are still under his control. Not to us. Okay, not to us. Praise God. He says, I have much more to say to you. Follow me, verse 12. Then you could, but you can't bear it right now. But when he, 
the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. He's telling His disciples, I'm going to send you another one, the Counselor, the Spirit of Truth, who's going to take everything I've said and been trying to teach you and show you. He's going to be in you, and He's going to show you all truth. He's a gentleman. He's going to not force you, but He's going to lead you. And if you will accept His leadership and recognize He's there and get involved to know the person of the Holy Spirit, your life will change forever. You see, people can have salvation and not walk out the victory that God has provided for them by not, not knowing, okay? People have the Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them, but they're so full of their eyes and ears taking up the junk of the world, they never have time to listen. The Holy Spirit won't shout over your TV. The Holy Spirit won't shout over what you're staring at on the phone. The Holy Spirit won't shout and make you stop, turn away, and get into your word. The Holy Spirit won't make you listen to him. He's a gentleman. He won't force himself upon you. But if you're a believer, he is there. If you're a believer, hallelujah, in Christ Jesus, because of what Jesus has done, you've been cleansed, and because you've been cleansed, the Spirit of God now lives in you, and He wants to lead you, and wants to guide you, and wants to talk to you daily, but He won't make you. You have to sometimes decide, I'm turning aside in seeking. I want to know, Holy Spirit, show me. The Lord said, you're going to show me all truth? Well, I want to know it. Ask Him, and let Him lead you. The Holy Spirit wants to show you how to improve your marriage, how to raise your children, how to deal with your business, your finances, how to lead life, how to walk in your purpose. The Holy Spirit has all of this for you, and it's available to all of you who believe because he's already there. But we must be willing to listen. We must be willing to say yes to him. We must yield those areas of our life that we're trying to hang on to ourselves and say, Lord, I believe... I didn't hear all the message, but I believe my brother Clay preached the message, something similar, that, hey, we can, we can take him with us or we can, you know, leave him in the chair and say, don't come now. Okay? So the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, wants to lead you into all truth. He's precious and holy. The person. Everybody say person. See, too many Christians, stay with me now, I'm going to hit home with some of us now. Too many Christians think of the Holy Spirit as like just your conscience, like they saw a cartoon once of the devil on one side and the angel on the other, and the Holy Spirit is like telling you to do good and don't do bad, and like your Holy Spirit is, a, is an it, just your conscience. No, I want to introduce you and show you the Holy Spirit is the person of God. God revealed himself in three ways God the Father God the Son and the person of the Holy Spirit to come dwell with you in you it's like walking with Jesus Jesus was in a physical body walking with us talking with us praise the Lord and now he's saying because you believe in me I've cleansed you now I'm going to live in you here's how I'm going to do it I'm seated at the right hand of the Father with the very scars on my hands and feet but my spirit is now going to live in you get to know him he's the counselor He's the one that's going to lead you into all truth. Okay, be sensitive to him, to know him, to walk with him. Praise the Lord. It's like, it's like I heard my, my son, I preached at Real Church in Florida just the other day. David got up and followed up and gave a wonderful example. He says it's like you're walking around, you know, with a dollar bill in your pocket all through town and stuff. No big deal. You've had a dollar bill in your pocket before. Can't get a whole lot with it. It's wonderful if you don't even think about it. But now, praise God, you're walking down, down with a million dollar in your pocket. And now you kind of know, wow, it's a treasure that you have. You can do a lot with it. There's a lot of folks you can bless. There's a lot of things you can happen. Now you're kind of aware, wow, uh, you know, I've got this treasure in my pocket. It's a gift. It's special. Man, I could do a lot with it. It's kind of like people have the Holy Spirit and walk around like it's nothing. 
and don't realize the potential they have in them. And they're walking around blatantly, not even treasuring it, not thinking about it, not valuing the gift that's been given. And God wants to say, what I've given you is precious and holy, and my son bled and died and able to give you this gift. I want you to think about him. I want you to get to know him. I want you to realize the potential and the power that you have in him. That's why I walk around sometimes. That's why I tell you that me and God walk around. People see me eating alone at lunch. I said, dude, I'm not alone. What are you talking about? I walk out of Walmart, say, Lord, where do we park? I tell you, me and God are about to walk down this aisle. I believe this. God is with me and in me, and where I go, he goes with me. Here comes me and God. Is that blasphemy? Is that arrogant? No, it's the word. He cleansed me so that he can live in me. I value it and treasure it and think about it all day long. I am aware of his presence. Turn on the television. What are we going to watch, Lord? Listen to the radio. What you want to watch today, Lord? Oh, you want to do something different? Okay. What you want to look at on the phone, Lord? What you want to say, Lord? Somebody did this. Somebody did that. Your quick reaction is this. The Holy Spirit, no, handle it this way. Are you sensitive enough to listen to his voice? Or are you so clouded and blocked with the things of the world that you can't hear him? And not treasure in what's in you. Wow. I want us to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, help us, Lord. Wow. Wow. Now, on, on what basis do we have the Holy Spirit? Well, we know on the basis we received our salvation in what Christ did alone, okay? He bled and died, and we have forgiveness, okay? He paid for our sin. We have forgiveness. He was buried, and our old man is dead. He was resurrected, and we have new life. It's all based on what he did. Folks, in the same way, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to all of us is not based on what we do. It's not based on your action of how long you seek, of how long you pray, or how, what you got to do to get it. It's not an it, it's a him. He comes with your salvation, with your belief in him. It's based on what Christ has done, and I'll show you the next part of what Christ has done to bring about the outpouring of the Spirit. His blood was shed to remove your sin. He was died and buried to remove your sin nature. He rose that you might Praise God, rise also. And Jesus was exalted to the throne of heaven so that you might receive the Spirit. So you receive the Spirit because He was exalted, not because of what you do. Let that sink in just for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me. Real quickly, this is going to be a two-part message. Just real quickly, Romans 5, 5. We're going to flip through a few scriptures. Hallelujah. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Everybody say, he has given me. I'm talking to the believers now. If you haven't received Christ yet. You don't have the Holy Spirit. You're not holy. You're a sinner on the way to a devil's hell, and you need to recognize your sin and be drawn by the love of God who wants you in his family and receive that first, turning from your ways and letting Christ be your Lord, and you will receive the Spirit. Okay? We've got to make sure that we don't put everybody in the saved category when they're not yet. <coughs> Amen? It's important. The law and the Word... Is to bring about people so they recognize who they are, so they know they need a Savior. Romans 8, 9 says it this way. You, however, Christians, believers, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're, you don't belong to Christ. 
All those who have repented of their sin and received Christ as the Lord have the Holy Spirit inside of you based on what He has done. Amen? Praise God. Ephesians 1.3 says this. Praise the Lord. Praise be to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Those who believe, even though you haven't experienced yet, the fact is, if you believe and have been born again, every spiritual blessing is already yours. You might not be experiencing it for lack of knowledge to tap into what you have. But every spiritual blessing has been given based on what Christ has done, not on what we do or try to do to get anything from Him. It's a, everybody say, it's a finished work. It's a finished work. Ephesians 1.13, again, we said this at the beginning. And you, Christians, believers, born again, also you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guarantee in our inheritance. Praise God, I know, praise God, what I'm going to inherit, the whole world, the kingdom of God, the saints win. I have an air of victory about me inside. Why? Because we, I've already got a deposit on it. I've got a guarantee of what's coming in you. Why? The Holy Spirit. Well, the Spirit who was hovering over the waters, who, when God spoke, created everything. The Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us, and we need to treasure Him and value Him and listen to Him and become aware of Him and walk with Him and learn to hear His voice and learn to follow because sometimes He might want to say, speak to this man and proclaim my word. I want to save him, and I'm going to use you because you're my body. We need to be sensitive to his voice because God wants to do a work around the world and he wants to do it through your hands and feet and you've got to know the spirit and listen to the spirit to do this work. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, the work of the kingdom of God in this body and around the world who are connected have only just begun. Greater works will you do. Amen? Because I go to the Father. Because when I go to the Father... I'm going to pour my spirit out on you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. Go with me there. I'm starting to get into the meat of the message here. All that was just getting you ready. Okay. Acts 2. Hallelujah. Let's look at... 32. Watch this. God has raised this Jesus to life. Peter's preaching under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit that just came on the day of Pentecost. Okay? God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Okay? Peter is explaining. They're gathered at the temple. Okay? They're celebrating the giving of the law. On the very day the giving of the law was being celebrated, God fulfills it, new covenant, and gives the Spirit. Why? Jesus Christ, uh, praise the Lord, 50 days earlier rose from the grave. Before that, he died on the cross. He died on the cross that whoever believes in him can be cleansed from their sin. And the reason he wanted to cleanse you from your sin is so that he could live in you. Again, I can't say this enough. I want you to be it a part of your speech that you tell your neighbors and friends and you say, this is what my pastor said. This is what the word says. Tell them the, the purpose, praise God, uh, the, the purpose of the cross was to cleanse us, but the goal was Pentecost. Say the cross was the price, but Pentecost was the prize. The reason he cleansed you was so that he could live in you. Now the Bible says, okay, by his blood we were cleansed. By his resurrection we have new life. But by his exaltation that he is in glory, that's why we have the Spirit. 
He was exalted to his rightful place, King of kings and Lord of lords, seated at the right hand of God in all authority. And when he took that position, he received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit to be poured out to the church. Why are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? By believing that Jesus Christ was exalted. That's all. It's not about how long you fast and pray and how hard you ask. It's not about how you get rid of this problem and that problem and get yourself just right holy enough to now receive the Spirit. Man, that is self-righteousness and junk, and you can't get anything from God like that. On the video, my Pentecostal pastors and brothers and teachers and people around here, the Holy Spirit is not meant for a denomination, but for all who believe and receive, and we receive the Spirit based on what Jesus has done, not on what we've done. Hear the word of the Lord. Turn and believe. We don't have time to play around with error anymore. The body of Christ is becoming one by the truth, and this is the truth. Amen? Praise the Lord. Be on video. Share it with somebody you need that needs to hear it. Glory to God. Jesus Christ was exalted. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit has no relation to your merit or mine, but only to the merits of the Lord Jesus. Upon the fact of his exaltation, praise God, the question of what we are or what we do doesn't even come into consideration here, but only what He is. He is glorified, therefore the Holy Spirit is poured out on you, all the believers. Now folks, just like your salvation, you can have this as a fact and not experience it in your life. You can have salvation and have only just begun to learn how to walk in it. Amen? You who believe in Christ and been saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But for so many, it comes like a second experience many years later because they don't understand the knowledge of what's going on here. It shouldn't be that way anymore. New Covenant, New Testament churches like this one around the world are preaching and teaching. I'm always talking and preaching and telling you about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to be a second experience for any of you. You can get saved and know you have the Holy Spirit and start walking in the power of the Spirit by the knowledge of the truth. But praise God, where some of you come into the church who were raised in a different denomination somewhere who didn't believe in the Spirit, didn't hear of the Spirit, and you hear it now, well, praise God, now you can experience by the knowledge. And, you can re and it's like a second experience for many of us. But it sure doesn't have to be and wasn't meant to be. You don't have to tarry. You don't have to wait. You don't have to pray so long and, and do this right and get rid of this. and get. All you have to do is be willing to yield. Lord God, I thank you that, praise God, you died for my sin. You rose again, praise God, in your salvation. Now I recognize that you're exalted and you've poured out your spirit. Lord Jesus, fill me. I want to know. Lord, I want to be sensitive to the voice of your spirit. Maybe you've been away and hadn't been sensitive. Ask again. Fill me and keep on filling me. Hey, it's okay. Lord, fill me. Lord, your word says you will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Lord, baptize me afresh with your spirit. Lord God, I've been walking in some ways and hanging on to these things. These parts of my life I've been hanging on to, I have not given the spirit control of that part of my life. Lord, as I hear the word and repent, I turn. Now fill that area of my life with your presence and spirit. Hallelujah. As you yield to the presence of the living God and listen to his voice, maybe, hey, I'm hanging on to this, that. Look, Lord, you can have everything, but you can't have my wallet. I'm not going to obey you in that. Well, the Spirit won't make you be a giver. He'll lead you and guide you and show you about tithing, but he won't make you do it, boys. That'll be your choice. Whether, you're gonna, whether you trust God with what he's doing. Hey, well, God says this about your relationship. So, well, Lord God, you don't really know her. Yes, he does. <laughs> what, are you crazy? He knows you more than you know yourself. What does the word say about your relationship? What is God saying? Well, Lord God, I want to give you everything but not that. Man, as you yield to the spirit of the living God, 
Man, the, the blessings are there. The power and the glory is there. It's all inside of you. Everything you need for life and godliness is inside of you. You've got to be willing to, yes, Lord, I treasure the truth of the Spirit. I'm willing to walk in it. Show me, fill me afresh. Glory to God. I'm going to close with this and I'm going to share more about it next week. Oh, wow. Yes, Lord. I'll go there real quick. Watch this. Joseph was rejected by his brothers and sold into, was going to be killed and sold into slavery. It's a type of Christ. Jesus rejected by most people of the world that he created. Okay? Spit on and mocked. Joseph was spit on, mocked, thrown in a hole. He's a type of Christ. But God had a plan for Joseph. Got him to Egypt. He passed several tests. You're walking with Christ. He was exalted to the place of power. Joseph was exalted to the leader of all of Egypt. A famine came. And Joseph's brothers who had you know, sold him and told his daddy that he was dead. They, they finally came and they had to bow before Joseph just like his dream son, but they didn't recognize him, right? Are you with me? Stay with me. And then praise the Lord. They go back and, and Joseph tests them to see if their hearts really repented. He tests them to see if they've ever learned from their mistake of trying to kill him or selling him into slavery. And they pass. Hey, there's some things that you've been hanging on to that God will give you an opportunity to show, are you ready to let it go? There's some things, hey, he wants to fill that area of your life with his Holy Spirit. And he'll, he'll, he'll let you have a few tests and say, okay, do you really want to give this to me too? And when you step out in your faith and say yes, you watch the power and the anointing and what comes over you. Amen? Praise the Lord. So they did. And then after he reveals himself to them, you see... They were willing, they recognized their sin, and then he showed himself to them. When you recognize your sin and you need to be saved, God will show you Jesus in a bigger way. And then you come into his family. Now Joseph says, okay, go get your dad, go get my dad. He says, go get your brothers, go get all your family. I want you to dwell with me in the presence of all this blessing. Well, when they got there... They come, to, they come to Jacob, and they say, hey, Joseph is alive. They say, he's like, what? He didn't believe it. They had told him he was dead. He carried grief around for all of his life for Joseph. And now they're saying he's alive, and he didn't believe it until behind them. He said, Daddy, look, all these carts of mules and cartloads of the wealth of Egypt, roves and goods for their journey and carts to get their families there and all this marked by Egypt. He saw the glory and the power of the wealth of Egypt and everything there. And when he saw it, he believed. Watch this. Come on, relate this. Joseph was exalted to power. And when he was exalted to power, he poured out his gifts so that others can believe and know that he was exalted. Jesus was exalted to the right hand of the Father and because he was exalted, he poured out his Spirit to live in you that you might be an effective witness that Jesus is the risen Lord. The purpose and power of Pentecost, of God living in you, is so that you can be proof that Jesus is Lord. When people see God living in you, they know Jesus must be Lord. Jesus was exalted, hallelujah, received the promise of the Father, and poured out the Spirit on those who have been cleansed, so that when the Spirit lives in you, and your life is changed, and you go home to Mama, and she sees a difference in you by the Spirit in you, then she say, hey, maybe his Jesus really is Lord. But when you have this in you, and you don't care to treasure it, or to grow it, or to hear more, or to live it, people are looking at you and say, I don't believe Jesus is Lord, and you're leading them to hell. You want to lead that, lead that child to hell? 
Well, then show them Jesus is Lord by how you live. That's hard, isn't it? Come on, you got a new baby? Want to leave him to heaven or hell? Show that child Jesus is Lord by how you live. You need help with that? I know you do. So, does, so he knows you do. Why? So what did he do for you? He poured out his spirit to live in you, to be your counselor, to be your guide, to lead you into all truth. Treasure that. Don't blow it off. Ask. Jesus, your word says if anybody asks for the spirit, would you give them a devil? Or if you ask for a fish, would you give them a... No, Lord Jesus, I recognize here I haven't been treasuring the person of the Holy Spirit. I ask you to fill me afresh. The parts of my life I've been holding on to, fill that part too. Holy Spirit, teach me how to follow you. Teach me how to listen to your voice. Well, one of the things he's going to say is get up and go to church so you can hear more word. If you don't obey him in that, how can he show you more? Well, we got half the people in here just go to church twice a month. Did you know that? You know what? Half the people in here go to church about twice a month. What? 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 You don't treasure what you're learning. You don't treasure this gift of coming together and hearing the word. Holy Spirit. Holy. I'm going to teach some more on Pentecost next week. Bring five friends with you. Father, bless everyone in the name of Jesus and the sound of my voice with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, every believer in here that have given their life to Christ, make them aware that they have the Spirit of God living in them and let the Spirit of God help them in every decision. Help them, Lord, not to put stupid stuff in their nose. Help them, Lord God, to follow you in what they do and say, your Spirit is holy. We treasure you, the person of the Holy Spirit. Help them, Lord, to invite someone tomorrow. There's an empty seat here for them. Bless them in Jesus' name, amen.